last week some big some big news come across the NASCAR world. The the young driver who took over for Dale Earnhardt's untimely and sudden death, Kevin Harvick, announced his retirement for 2023. I can't say that um, I'm shocked, Mark. To be to be honest with you, I'm, I'm honestly I think I think he lasted probably two more years than than what I thought he could, and he was. Um, uh, uh, last year, you know, it was probably his one of his least competitive years, but still at the top of his game. He's still a uh, a winning driver, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, this one, this one hit pretty close to home for you, Mark Scott. What was your initial thoughts? And now that you've had uh, a few days to think about it, where are you at now? Well, obviously, was just incredibly sad um just to think about that he won't be driving anymore i mean i I was sad but happy because i i knew i was going to get one more year and and i'm kind of like you dan i i thought maybe he was going to be done last year or two years ago but i think the the car of tomorrow kind of um he he wanted to to see that through and i think if i know i sent it to you the uh the youtube video he did you know, that he kind of has seen himself as an elder statesman the past couple of years. And I think yeah. he wanted to to be part of changing the, the changing of the sport. And um, it, it's, you know, I, I said this to my wife. I said, you know, when because she was like, what, you've seen your favorite players retire before. Why is this so different? You know, when you're a, a NASCAR fan, you're you're a fan of the sport, but you're a fan of one guy. You know, we're a fan yeah. of the Steelers. It hurts when Ben re- retires, but we've still got other players. When your driver retires, that's it. It's one guy. And it really made me appreciate what you and so many other people went through when, when Junior retired. And for somebody like me, I've only been a fan of – well, I mean, I love the sport, and I, I love Junior. I love everybody. But I've only been a fan of two people, Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Kevin Harvick. And Sr. was taken from me the the way he was. So it it, it was – and I instantly became became a fan of Kevin because he got put in Sr.'s car. That was the only reason. And then I grew to love Kevin because of who he was. But now that he's retiring, I – you know, I know you said it, and I can't remember if Billy Bradley said it. Um, I, I don't know that I will have a ne- another driver ever again because after Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Kevin Harvick, um, who who do I root for? Who who, yeah. who can I really get that invested again? I will always love the sport, but it's like for you. Um, after Junior, can you really – look at somebody and say, I can invest that much in him. There might be this guy or that guy, um, but I, I, I'm happy because he's going to get a year to to to, to get his, his props. Um, I'm, I'm happy because, you know, he did win that race at the end of the year last year. He was coming on as the season ended last year. So I think he yep. could have a great season this year. And and what a way to go out if he has a really good season, gets a couple wins, is competitive. Um, you know, he made the chase. Let's 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 see what happens. And you know, 
you never know. The um, I think the episode that Dale Jr. had him on where, you know, uh, he – Kevin – Kevin revealed himself to be someone who be, had become more of a, a historian of the sport, someone who realized, you know, what his position was, and, and not being arrogant, but, but you know, I've, I've been driving now since 2001, it's 2022, um, you know, I've been in the sport 20 years now, and, and something about that, um, you know, resonated – a, a lot with with us older fans, um, and and I'll tell you when you when you said, you know, I, who are you going to root for? I, I it it's fun now that I've, it's been you know five years since Junior's been gone. I, I can tell you without beyond a shadow of a doubt, um, I, I can't see myself being a fan of of one driver like like I had been my previous. 45 uh, years of, of being a, a NASCAR fan, but but in some respects I've become a better NASCAR fan because instead of you know focusing 94% of my uh, attention on one team, one organization, uh, now I spread that stuff around to uh, to multiple ones, and I, um, I I'm not as passionate as I. You know, I don't throw shit anymore when Junior wrecks um, and when bullshit like that. But I, I, I actually, in a lot of respects, enjoy it a little bit more because I don't have. I miss the emotional uh, piece about it, and I also don't miss it. it. It's a, it's a weird feeling. But there, there's no way I'll ever have a, um, you know, a driver. And I can't, be, I can't imagine being a, a Dale Earnhardt Senior fan. And then turning around, being a Kevin Harvick fan, and ever being able, um, you know, the root, the root for anybody else. And and you know, we've seen Kevin's, you know, before he he and Delana started having children. Uh, Kevin was very business minded, had a race car team, um, was going to be in the sport. We've seen recent news where, um, you know, he's bought into the the cars tour. Um, you know, we all know that Keelan is uh, going to get behind the wheel at some point. I, I honestly think that of all the retirements that we've had, you know, in the last eight years with, you know, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, um, Matt Kenseth, uh, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr., uh, Kurt Busch, I mean, all the um, – even Clint Boyer, <laughs> this one has the potential to be the best of all of them. He's still driving at a at a high level. Um, it's a, a full year ahead of time. Um, you know, he, he like you said, he, he was picking up steam at the end of the year. He's he's got something to look forward to. He's going to be in the sport. I think this has the potential to probably be the best uh, farewell of any driver um, that that I have seen possibly in my lifetime, Mark. Well, the the, I, the only one I would say was and will always be better because of who he is was Junior. Rich um, okay. Well, no, well Junior, just because. Well, because you know, Petty obviously was Petty, but uh, you know, the generation where we are and where the sport is now, because there's so many more eyes on it, there's so much better yeah. TV coverage, social media coverage, um, was was Junior's. But I think with Kevin. Kevin is so invested in the sport on so many levels. Be, and again, he and you mentioned it. 
with his son in that he revealed that Piper is age five, is already in go-karts, um, that he's invested in this, in this series with Junior, um, that he's obviously, I think Tony Stewart's going to welcome him in to Stewart Harris Racing to be a partner. Um, and going back, kind of going back to what you said, that, that moment of Dirty Mo Radio when he and Mike Davis and, and Dale cleared the air publicly, because I'm guessing, and you probably know, I know you know better than me, um, they, they probably cleared the air behind the scenes before that episode, but that really opened so many eyes because so many people didn't realize how close Kevin and Dale were before they had their incidents. And it also, re- yeah. it, 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 and Kevin is, is revealed uh, the past couple days and, and he revealed with them on that episode just how competitive he is. He just doesn't care who he pisses off. Yeah. And the reason is, is just because he wants to win. And that's, you you can't fault him for that, but I think his retirement is going to be, it's going to be a segue retirement into the booth. You know he's going to end up in the booth. And I I can guarantee you within a few years, there's going to be a booth with him and Dale Jr. in it. And they've done it a few times, and it's been great. Um, But I I do, I think he's, he's competitive still, and he is so articulate in the way he wants to help the sport. Um, I, I think you're right. It is going to be. It's going to be a celebration, and it's not like a guy who's just saying, "Ah, well, I'm I'm just going to do one more year." He's he's still got chances to win. He could he could win the championship next year, and I'm not just saying that as a Harvick fan. I mean, he really could now that he has a better understanding of what the COT is like. Um, so it's going to be great to see, um, and to bring it full circle to your first question, I'm sad he's going to be gone. Um, I'm happy that for 20 years I, I went from devastation when Dale Sr. died to, wow, this guy is the real deal. And then each year, you know, I said it on Twitter this week, you know, I'll defend the guy no matter what, as you know. <laughs> um it, but he's just been he's been one of those people that I think is has helped build uh the foundation that this next generation of young guys is gonna is gonna build upon. Well and I think um you know, much like Dale Junior still you know, gets in a thanks to Unilever, um, wanting to cash in on the cash cow Dale Junior, they'll sponsor him every year to one run one race. Uh, I guarantee the, the impact that Kevin's going to have on the this next group of uh, racers, and 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 maybe even the, the group after that with Keelan, you know, probably <laughs> playing a bigger part in some of this. Uh, but I, I think Kevin's going to have just as strong as an impact um, as Dale Jr. will, and it's and and and, and you're getting. You're getting some heavyweights now. If you look at if you look at the ex drivers that are in the sport, I mean, you you talk about the people that are, you know, ambassadors to it. Uh, Jeff Gordon is over at Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Tony Stewart obviously has his own um, uh, series. He's also Stewart Haas Racing. You've got um, Clint Boyer, who is very involved.
Uh, you got um, uh, Jeff Burton uh, very involved. Uh, you've got, I mean, all these people that, you know, from from 2000. I mean, we're, we're going back literally, you know, 20-some years when Kansas came into sport and that sort of thing. Um, we're going back 20 years, and now Kyle Busch has got a kid going to race. <laughs> we know Clint Boyer's got a kid's going to race. Uh, we got all these, all these, you know, sons. Uh, it's, history is going to kind of repeat itself, uh, uh, Mark. And I think uh, it's it's cool to be around a sport that that thing is even possible. But I, I think Kevin's going to have a chance to. Uh, because his son's going to be a driver. Um, I mean, he's going to race, whether how, how far he gets to that sort of thing. But Kevin is the kind of guy who will find somebody in the garage and pull him aside and give him the tough love that uh, we got growing up. And, I, and I'm, I'm anxious to see kind of how that how that unfolds as we get older. And quite frankly, I think it's going to be something that people our age, uh, you know, some of the old-time fans are going to come to really, really appreciate and it's something I don't think we can even grasp yet. Well, and, you know, Kevin Kevin mentioned it this week, and, and you and I know it, and, and any NASCAR fan knows that racing is a family business. And you, yeah. you, you just named off so many names that are second, maybe even third-generation drivers. Um, you know, Kevin, you know, his wife is, is from racing. His whole he, – he's yeah. been in racing since he was five years old. You've got Petties, you've got Earnhardt, you've got all these names, and now they're becoming the, the this next second generation that's going to put in a third generation. So I, I think the the sport is, and I always laugh about, you know, so many people have wanted to bury NASCAR and say, oh, it's this is falling. It's, NASCAR is in great hands as far as the legacy drivers and the people who are growing the sport and and changing the sport and wanting to do uh, to make the sport better and safer. And that that's the kind of thing that's going to make this sport uh, continue to be as strong as it is. And, you know, there was a couple down years, yes, as far as ratings or this or that, but I think that was a more of a cyclical thing of the economy and sport in general. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think that as we're moving forward, NASCAR is in great, great hands, especially uh, from the from the highest levels to these team levels where you've got guys like Kevin and Tony and Jeff Gordon and, and, and that are that are lifers and they're going to and I guarantee you Keelan Harvick will be on the NASCAR circuit in 10, 15 years. And honestly the way Kevin was talking, I know she's only five years old <clears throat> but I wouldn't be surprised if Piper wasn't a driver at some point down the line. Yeah, and, and that's—I wouldn't bet against either one of those kids not making it. I mean, I just—I I just wouldn't do it. I don't think that's—I wouldn't think that's a wise bet. I, I want to ask you this: with we've got some, a TV contract coming up, um, you're well versed in the world of uh, sports, sports marketing. I've uh, got your finger on the pulse of these kind of deals. You have. Any gut feeling to how um, the negotiations are going to go with NASCAR and, and, and the TV networks? I think they will stay on a network. I think they'll stay on one of the big four, either Fox, NBC, CBS, or ABC, um, because I don't think they're 
fan base lends itself to what the NFL is doing, moving uh, the Sunday ticket to uh, to YouTube Plus. I think um, they they require a network, and I think the networks see that that NASCAR still has this nationwide fan base that. Um, you know, it, it, uh, this this is going to be a, a weird comparison, but it's an apt comparison. When professional wrestling 15 years ago was enormous, when WWE and, and WCW were huge, huge ratings juggernauts on Monday night, getting a, a 13 rating or a 10 rating, and now they're only getting a, a 1.5 or a 2 rating, that's kind of where NASCAR was. But NASCAR is still drawing a four or five rating every Sunday. So um, while yeah. while you see that WWE is is becoming uh, getting offers to be sold for hundreds of billions of dollars, I think NASCAR kind of has that same kind of niche audience where they've got they can get a good national TV contract, and these days. A 2.4 or 2.5 rating is spectacular because there's so yeah. many other options. There's so many other streaming options. There's so many op- other options to watch games, TV, TV shows. That I think um, I-, I think that they'll. End, I I honestly think they'll stay on Fox because I think Fox is going to lose the the NFC for football, um, and I, I think that. Uh, that they're they're going to be fine. They're going to end up one of the on one of the big four networks. I don't see them going the route of uh, a streaming network or anything like that. And you know, wh- wherever they land, my hope is that they can do like they're doing now. I mean, you look at it now. Uh, NASCAR is the only sport other than the NFL that leverages all the networks. They're on NBC. They're yeah. on they're on Fox. They're on the sister networks of NBC, of TNT, TBS, they're on Fox Sports Channel. So um, I, I think that, you know, NASCAR also provides a lot of exterior programming besides just the races. Um, and I think you're going to see more of that. So I think no matter where they end up, I think uh, they'll, they'll get a good TV contract. I agree. Um in in general, they're going to get a a a good TV contract. I, I I would be surprised if it went backwards and or if they were um, you know very disappointed. Um, I, I think what honestly what what 2012 um, you know 2000 let's say 2009 10 11 and 12 did to the country with the economy. Um, it took some 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 fans out of the stands, but those uh, fans are still watching on TV and uh, and consuming the product in all the ways you just mentioned. So I, I think they're going to be okay. I'm not I'm not terribly terribly worried about about that. I, I, my, to to me, it, Mark, if I had to put one thing business wise that would make me nervous if I was inside NASCAR. It's it's how they're going to share that revenue pie with the race team alliance and and the tracks and all that um, because right now there is a um, I'm not going to say the teams are getting screwed 
but the teams are getting screwed with advertising. Um, you know, for years NASCAR used to poach them. Now they're, you know, to save money, they're going this direction. The teams have lost personnel, which, um, by the way, I think it's why guys like Kevin Harvick staying in, uh, involved in team, Dale Jr. staying involved in team, Jeff Gordon staying involved in teams. I think that that helps when there's, you know, less people there. But I, I, I think there's going to be a big, um, a big issue internally in NASCAR with how they divvy up that pie. That's something that that's never happened before. And I, I don't know it's going to be an issue, but I know they're going to fight and argue about it like historically because it's never happened the way it's getting ready to happen. And, and the teams have a, in my opinion, the teams have a, a bona fide um, complaint with, with how they're breaking up the, the money. But I, I think, I think they're going to get past that. But I also think that, Everybody's gonna feel like they ate a shit sandwich afterwards. Mark. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna say three things, Dan. Those three years that you mentioned, those were also the years that NASCAR really started expanding um, and going yeah. north, west, and 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 moving beyond yeah. just their southern base, which ticked off a lot of fans. Yes, the economy. I mean. Uh, if you don't have the money, and NASCAR also got too big for their britches and started overcharging yeah. and, and charging too much for for yeah. tickets, which drove a lot of their core fan base away. Um, but I think yeah. the as the France family and NASCAR has kind of con, uh, kind of uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, Buying up tracks and and and, and making and tightening yeah. up the everything that they own, they're owning everything. That I'm thinking, yeah. this is just me thinking outward that they're going to own everything so that they can say, okay, now that we have the tracks and the TV contracts and Control. we are the 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 over we're the overseer of the sports. Now we can start maybe filtering out and do revenue sharing like the four major sports do, yeah. like like NFL, NBA, yeah. NHL, and, and Major League Baseball do. I would hope they'd be smart enough to do that because it makes the most sense um, to do revenue yeah. sharing. That's That's been the healthiest thing. That's what's grown every – the four major sports, that's what's grown them is revenue sharing. So if NASCAR could see yeah. that and get beyond just lining the France family pockets, then uh, – then the sport's going to be in, in good shape. Um, and I think you're going to see that from, from the TV contracts as well, that, you know, hey, let, let's spread that wealth out. If we, uh, you know, the, this past year, out of the 100 highest-rated shows, 79% were live sporting events. That's just... Yeah, that's, that's that, pretty it, spectacular. That that's that's just it's easy money live sporting events and it was spread across. You yeah. know the NFL was obviously the big boy, but it was spread across yeah. all the sports and NASCAR had a few in there. Daytona 500, yeah. I believe Bristol Night Race uh, was in there, but the 79 percent live live sporting events is what this nation consumes. Um, so yeah. if NASCAR is smart, and I think they they are. They're they're coming. They're they're being dragged, kicking and screaming into the 22nd century. Uh, 
it, it, they'll they'll see revenue sharing is the healthiest way to grow the sport. Mark, I'm going to throw one monkey wrench into that whole thing because I agree with with what you said. But there's a, a family out of Charlotte, North Carolina, fucking all up, and that fucking all up, and that's Marcus' family and the Smith family. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, uh, they're spending a lot of money. They're spending a lot of money. Um, North Willsboro trying to get some shit down in uh, Nashville, but and they own a bunch of tracks. And I think um, if anybody is greedy, uh, but the, the, the France family is the most greediest. Uh, the Smiths are right behind them. So we, we'll see how all that goes. But I, I'm, I'm hopeful they're going to be able to get it all worked out. And um, and we're going to be able to have a healthy sport. And uh, we'll be able to, to watch, um, you know, Kalen and uh, Piper and uh, the Bush Boy and uh, and Boy and all these kids come up through the ranks and see how see how it goes. We got well. And, I, and, I'm you know, just we, I'm just going to say this, and I'm not going to say the name, but uh, I'll imply it. People can take what they want. Uh, my company has a client who is heavily involved in Nashville, and I think you're going to see in the next couple years. Nashville is going to become the center of the sporting universe in a lot of ways in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, when they get their soccer team, their uh, their NASCAR there, it's going to be Nash Vegas for real. There's going to be so many banquets and all that kind of stuff down there. It won't even be funny. I, I, I would agree wholeheartedly with that um, for sure. As we, we start – 2023 here now we're we're halfway through uh january um it, it, things are already i mean you know we thought 2020 was crazy then 2021 came around and then we thought 2021 was crazy then 2022 <laughs> came around um and now we're in 2023 and there's already um uh, you know it's starting off just like the um the rest of the the 20s have uh mark as we come into this year um just you know, kind of, you know, globally here in the, the United States or whatever, what do you think the biggest issue um, that we're going to face in 2023 is? I, I think our, our biggest issue nationwide and worldwide is the economy. I think um, we're at a, we're at a tipping point that is, you know, where, where inflation is right now, and where it's about to go to, I don't think people truly understand. And I think um, it, it's only going to get worse. And as a global economy, it's going to impact us in so many ways. And I think that the four years of Trump blinded people with their hatred of him so much that they've lost track of here's what's honestly happening happening besides politics. This is what's happening with a global economy where we've become the past 20, 30 years that, um, and, you know, I'm not saying this is anti-Trump, pro-Trump, anything, but I just think he was such a polarizing force that people are looking beyond the absolute tragic mistakes that are being made with the economy um, since Trump has been out of the office. And this isn't just to throw it all at Joe Biden's feet. I will say that I think Joe Biden has been a 
tragic precedent for this country and his policies have been, and he's only increasing the problems that were instituted when we shut down not only our economy but a, a global economy over COVID, that that is catching up to us still. We're still, I think, Dan, a good two years away from the overall avalanche of shutting down a global economy to where it's really going to affect us. And I think we're just in the the opening stages of it. And I think the other big part of it is we we just don't have enough people that are looking forward as far as a long-term commitment to their own financial security and our nation's financial security. We put out so much money that we do not even have, and somebody owns that debt, and most people don't realize that China owns over 90% of our debt, and China's our biggest enemy now. Russia isn't our biggest enemy. China is. And every, the, the only people that own our debt are foreign countries, and that is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And even if even if you're a Democrat or a Republican or a liberal or uh, or if you're a druid who who thinks donuts are the most powerful force in the world, this is something that is affecting us all, and it doesn't matter who you support. This is going to come to your doorstep in very dramatic ways. It's already at your doorstep in very dramatic ways. From the simplest fact of your grocery bill is higher, your gasoline prices are higher. Um, the economy, to me, Dan, is is a scary situation long term, uh, but especially so in the next two years. Yeah, I... Um you know, of course, I think the the media is is um, extremely dangerous. But the fact of the matter is, there, there's probably, I mean, I think now with uh, with, with uh, Elon buying Twitter and the Twitter files coming out, uh, and you know, mainstream media hasn't said anything about it. Th- th- that's that's going to correct itself a little bit. Um, but what's not going to correct itself until there's an absolute um, complete and utter breakdown is the economy. When we, uh, on day one, when Joe Biden came in and, and killed the Keystone Pipeline, um, that was a bad deal. But then we shut the country down um, and and we started printing money. Um, you know, we got rid of the gold standard back uh, in Nixon. We're printing money left and right. Um, inflation it's probably the real inflation number is probably 13%, but but we're gonna make the numbers look like it's six percent. Um, when the stock market crashes this year, and the Feds keep rates where they are because they they have to get this thing out in, in control. I don't think I don't think there's a lot of people, especially no young people, but there's not a lot of people out there that just truly realize what is what is getting ready to happen. Um, the the debt that we have right now, you know, sending all this money to Ukraine just to have them uh, uh, literally invest in FTX 
and then turn around and donate to <laughs> Democrats and, and, and donate dark money to the Republicans. Um, the, the money grab that is being done by the one percenters right now is likely to decimate um, the middle and the lower class um, as something we haven't seen since, you know, the 20s. Uh, coming out of World War World War One, I'm um, because, because we, we I mean of all this, you know when you when you think about we've got more credit card debt in this country than we've ever had, and it's going to get worse. Um, that's a scary thing for for families that are you know trying to make it. I can't tell you how many ads I see that um, you know talk about different ways you can have extra income. I don't remember seeing that shit before, and now it's like, you know, someone who, who's going to try to raise a family and, you know, uh, pay the house payment, get have a car, um, you know, I, it's if, it's going to be hard for the average family. I, I'm not talking rich people. I'm talking all people. Um, it's going to be hard for all people to, to make bills. I saw today, we're recording this on Sunday the 15th, I saw today that um, – the average household is losing $7,000 um, a year thanks to um, the, policy, the economic policies that we have right now. And um, so if, if they say inflation is 6%, then that would mean, I mean, um, 7,000 is uh, 7%, 10% of 70,000 is 7,000. And I, and you know, the, the average salary uh, ain't a hundred grand, so we're definitely over over six percent inflation. It's Mark. It's going to be some real dark times here, and people are going to have to um, literally get awake to the fact that the Wall Street is one hundred percent against middle class and lower class people making money. Um, well, the the, the Uniparty. It wants to keep it all. I mean, there, there's Republicans and Democrats. Um, there's very few Republicans and very few Democrats. The Uniparty is the biggest party we have in Congress, and they're making decisions not for the American people. They're making them largely for themselves. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, Dan, and you know, I, um, I, I want, <clears throat> first of all, I 100% agree with what you said, and you know, I, I didn't even go that route because I know a lot of people when I hop on your podcast are like, okay, he's going to go for his, his media conversation because that's just where, you know, my, my roots of my family. But I, I do think that the media is being willfully complicit in creating and, and flaming this class warfare because it takes the eye off the actual issue that if you create more of an us versus them mindset, it takes the eye off the fact, like you said, that the 1% is still doing great and will continue to do great. And God forbid if this country did fall into the throes of a civil war and collapse, uh, the 1% are going to be the ones who are going to survive because they control everything. So I think that the most dangerous thing is that you have willfully complicit media in, a, in the finest example is what's going on with Joe Biden right now, that they're finding all these classified documents in a variety of places and just laying around. 
when you know the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago over documents that they knew Trump had. And my my guess is, Dan, is that every president probably has classified documents he took with him. But here's Joe sure. Biden, who's had these for six, eight years. They're in a variety of places. They're just half-assed all around, and and it's not being looked at as the same way. And that's that's but, but scary. That's dangerous. That president probably has them. Joe Biden was never president. Um, that, exactly. He at the time he was, and and you know what? I see so many people that say, "Oh, the only reason Republicans are concerned about Hunter Biden's laptop is because of you know, excuse my French, dick pics on it and this and that." It's like, yeah. no, people are concerned because you can see he's got foreign dealings with countries that compromise us. You see that the dealings with Ukraine. You know, Putin didn't wait, didn't invade Ukraine for four years, but he did the second yeah. Joe Biden got into office. There's a reason those kind of things happen. And and I just think that this, the media fueled so much hatred between people and divided us even more so than we were, that people just ignore things that should be blatantly obvious. Like you said, it's one big party and we ain't invited. And when the country collapses, there's going to be folks who are more than more than happy and sitting on their little nest eggs, and they're just going to throw out more and more of these stimuluses to people who think, oh, this is going to make a difference. No, it's not. It's, it's burying us deeper. It's burying our future even deeper. So I, I, I do, Dan. I worry where the next two years are going to take us. I think these next two years are going to be crucial, but it's, you know, yeah, you're, you're very right. When they say a 6% inflation, no, it's not. It's 13, 14%. And I can tell you as somebody who deals with corporate America, the first thing that goes with corporate spending is the fund money and whatnot. And, you know, my industry is hurting right now. When I talk with people beyond just, Hey, you want to send some folks to the masters? Hey, how's yeah. your business doing? What what are OTR tires selling at right now? What are what are mass yeah. consumables at convenience stores doing right now? Because uh, I deal with I deal with every different industry from a, a, a monster industry to Yokohama Tire to to Nestle Waters, and hearing the way consumer spending is going and their profits and their supply lines and just everything, it's all either at a halt or at a crawl, and that's not good. Let me tell you what one simple thing that, that can clearly explain the debacle that we have going on right now. Last year, California bragged to every state and the media – uh, let everybody know it that they had a thirty billion dollar surplus. And what did what did California do? Those dumbasses gave out stimulus checks, and now they've lost two hundred and fifty billion dollars in revenue because so many companies have left and uh, people have left. And now, so they've got a twenty five dollar a twenty five billion dollar 
deficit coming into this budget year, and they're looking for shit to cut. How damn dumb do you have to be, Mark, to not know that you're going to – I, I think they obviously knew. They just didn't give a shit. Uh, they're trying to win midterm elections. But they had a $30 billion surplus, knowing the budget was coming out in just a few months, um, so they gave away $30 billion, only to become up $25 billion short, and now they got to cut services. That is the epitome yeah. <laughs> of political, uh, political parties uh, uh, run off by finances in this country. It's absolutely asinine. There's the deficit spending is deficit spending. No matter, you know, it's lipstick on a fucking pig, no matter how you put it on that. I'm sorry. Yes, it feels good to give everybody a stimulus check. But hey, here's here's the kitchen table economics. I made $100 this week, but I spent 200. We've got a problem. Guess what? Uh, we're, 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 go ahead. What's that? I, I was going to say, guess what? <laughs> we're we're not eating Lucky Charms. We're eating gravel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just eventually that's going to catch up. That's a problem. Like you said, credit card debt. All this debt is going to come due at some point. At some point, the credit the credit people come to your door and come knocking and say, "Hey, we got a problem." At some point, the Chinese are going to come at our door and come knocking. There's there there's going to yeah. be that come to Jesus moment, not just for people personally, but for this entire nation. And that's you know, Dan, you and I, you know, I, I turned 55 this year. I'm terrified what my son is going to face in 10 years, much less 20 or 30. Yeah. I hope he's got a country in yeah. 20, 30 years. The only, the only, only saving grace with China is um, they're going to be stopping and and probably going to need some food. Um, so so we, we may be able to buy ourselves a little bit of time while we feed them. But on the way up here, oh, I don't know, about 10 hours ago, uh, Mario and I were laughing. My dad, when I first started my business, um, our first contract was $270,000, and my dad thought we were rich. And I said, whoa, 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 that's revenue. That's not our cost. What if it costs us $290,000 to do this job, Dad? He goes, well, that wouldn't be good. I said, yeah, no shit. <laughs> we, <laughs> because that's what we're gonna, we, have to do, we still have to make, we still have to make sure we control our costs. We still have to do – and, hey, anybody who has been able to make money in the last two years in the construction business has been blessed um, because they don't – many, many people may not know this, Mark, but when you sign a contract and then uh, a war starts out in Ukraine and the price of aluminum goes up 72 percent, um, you don't get any more money for that. <laughs> you, uh, you, you swallow the damn bill and you get it done. So, um, yeah, there, there's uh, – uh, this, this country – the other thing I, I will say, just to, to glance on a bunch of subjects that will um, cover a bunch of things, we spend a lot of time in schools uh, teaching DEI and CRT, and there's, um, you know, more than two genders and all this stuff, but not one high school senior that graduates knows how to finance a fucking car. Um, or balance, or balance to, a fucking uh, checkbook. Uh, or their taxes on a 1040 EZ. Um, and, and I think we're all, I, I mean, listen, 
now today, there's not a teacher in America that is better than AI. AI is already better than any teacher that's ever fucking lived. I mean, I, it, it's, not even, it's not even debatable. Soon, in 20 years, we won't fucking need teachers because AI is going to do everything. And, well, and, and, and I, I, what's that? And that and that is one of the unfortunate positives of the pandemic was that it showed that virtual learning, kids, you know, it, now it, it did hurt kids dramatically because of social structure and, and social interaction. Yeah. But yeah, it showed that you know, hey, we can do this virtually now. So, but you know, Dan, there was yeah. two, going back two things to what you said. I I don't know if you've ever seen the big interview with Dan Rather. He interviews a variety of celebrities, and the greatest one you can ever watch. And I encourage you and anybody that hears this to go out of your way to find to find it. He interviews Gene Simmons of Kiss, and it's about an hour interview. But at one point, Gene Simmons talks about that the first big check he got, he went and he showed it to his mother. And she looked at it, and she folded it and said, that's wonderful. Now what? And he looked at her, and he was just like, Mom, Mom, that's a million-dollar check. And she said, it's wonderful. Now what? And that's that mindset that so many don't – you know, it's just like, great, you you, you got that big check. Okay, what are you going to do now? And that's what your dad said to you. Your dad was just like, hey, beautiful, buddy. Now go and keep it rolling. So more people need to think yeah. like that. But it's just that 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 mindset is lost. That mindset of uh, of just doing more, doing more, taking that next step, and going to you know you were talking about CRT and this and that. He sees the pronouns. I don't know if you saw today. Miss Universe was elected last night. Yeah, and she's a guy. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, I, I have that. I have gay and lesbian family members. I love them with all my heart. I want them to have everything this world can give them. But Jesus tap dancing Christ. Miss Universe is a guy. Yeah. I'm sorry, you start to lose me. Well, how do you uh how does a woman feel to be so Beyond, beyond ridicule. I mean, it's just it's, at some point, um, uh, and and uh, as bad as it is now, uh, I honestly, I, I think it's a great thing that it's just shitty because five years ago nobody knew this shit was happening. Five years ago nobody knew this shit was going on. It will get better. We will fix, you know, what needs to be fixed, and we will come to some common sense conclusions. But it, it's got to get dark before it can get light. And, it's, and and it's a blessing that uh, all this shit has come out now because, I mean, hell, nobody had any idea five years ago that this is the type of shit that was going on. Now now people know. Because when you start taking, um, you know, kids uh, away from moms um, and, and protecting their so-called, you know, 
uh, genders or whatever they think about at school and hide stuff from that. Okay, so now you now you folk to bear, and 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 that's not that's going to come back to bite you in the ass, and it's going to it'll shift at some point. Um, but right now, oh boy, we're uh, we're in the middle of the night right now, and um, uh, we're going to work together to get through this thing. Um, the one good thing uh, that we that we have is we're uh, you know in 2023 is uh, we're we're that much closer. I, I, I've been forecasting you know, what we're getting ready to have right here since October of 2021. I mean, and, and by the way, in 2008, I was blindsided by, um, by the, the market crash. I didn't know shit about it. And I was, you know, barely hanging on trying to raise kids and uh, run a company and do these kind of things. Uh, well, now this is so clear to me, Mark, when you know what to look for um, and you know what the tricks are and you know what they're, they're saying. I told all my buddies that were in crypto, excuse me, in uh, about a year ago, about a year ago, I told them, y'all need to get the fuck out of crypto because yep. all these hedge funds yep. are propping it up so they can short it to death and steal your fucking money. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, and, uh, I mean, you can clearly see it when, you know, people like Elizabeth Warren come out and say, oh, my God, crypto is cryptos for criminals. Well, if you knew anything about crypto, you know it's on a blockchain. You know anybody and their brother can look up any transaction. There's nothing hidden on that thing. Just ask Sam Bankman Freed how much is hidden. Uh, we found everything <laughs> that he did. <laughs> it's not hard to find. Um, and then when, you know, Blackstone, which is the devil, um, and J.P. Morgan and Citadel come out there and say, oh, we don't believe that uh, – that crypto is anything whatsoever. Yeah, stay out of it. Well, that's because they were all shorting the fuck out of crypto and building their own crypto exchanges. Um, well, I mean, and, so it, and, they literally stole from people so that they can put it in their pocket, and build their own. Well, and then you see that Ukraine announces they're using Blackstone to rebuild Ukraine. You don't think that yeah. this is not a cynical take it from you know Rob Peter to pay Paul? It's a big yeah. little. They all know that J. You know, J. P. Morgan knows. J. P. Morgan knew from the original J. P. Morgan, who for some reason decided yeah. to get off the Titanic when it was sailing. I mean, Jesus, yeah. it's yeah. just it's scary. But you know, Dan, I I I go back to what I've I've said this. I think I've said it to you before that I look at the United States very much like the Roman Empire that. It started from nothing. It became the ruler in, in everything of the entire world, and then it collapsed from interior infighting. And I, I see yeah. us going down that similar path. I don't want to. I, I'd like to think that there's somewhere within this country that there's enough smart people to not allow that to happen. I see somebody like my son who is 17 and deleted all his social media and came to me and my wife and said, dad, it's just so gross. It's just so stupid. I can't deal with the way people think on there. But I, I worry that those, those people like you just rattled off with the JP Morgan's and, and Elizabeth Warren's and, and the, 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 the people that are the constitutional monarchy of this country that control the government and the money, and they're all in, they're all ancestral in their relationships. Are they willing to 
drive us down a path of collapse because they know they'll be fine. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but there's a huge part of me that wonders, are we going to be able to pull the nose up out of this this dive that we're in right now? Um, and, I, and I said it, and you said it, which I, I found interesting, is the next two years. The next two years, I think, is really going to decide which direction we go. And I know there's probably some people listening to this are saying, oh, because that's going to be the next president. I don't even think it's the next president. I think it's just where the direction of this global economy is going. Are we going to pull the nose up? Is it going to recover from the global shutdown? And the apps, and, and it wasn't just us that printed money. There were con- countries across yeah. the world that just printed money that it's just, it's, it's not feasible. And someday that bill is going to come due. So, uh, you know, is there going to be a worldwide global uh, collapse, Roman Empire collapse? Is it going to be us that leads it? I, I don't know, but I'd like to think that, uh, that, that there's enough people that, are starting to see the forest for the trees and they could say, Hey, wait a minute. This, we, we've got to, we've got to do this to, we got to do X to get to Z. Well, I'll, I'll, here's, um, as much as I dislike the media, here's where I think the positive comes around in 1963 when the CIA killed JFK, um, nobody in America wanted to believe that that was it. And it's only become in the last five years that people have really, or I wouldn't say five years, but in, in recent years, that people have started to come around thinking, you know what, we might have been able to kill our own president. We might have been able to be involved <laughs> in something like that. Uh, we might have been able to do that. So I think now, even though the media is paid for shills, you can't hide the fact that um, we know exactly who bombed Nord Stream 2. You, you can't hide that anymore. Now, you can nope. choose not to see it. Um, you, you can choose not to see it if, if you'd like to, but the information is there where in 1963 uh, the information was not there. Um, not only did you know people not report it, I, I don't think people – would even believe it if it was reported, um, you know, something like that. So uh, as 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 inf- as the more, you know, the more lies and hidden agendas come out, I think it, the easier it is to recognize. I mean, God forbid we have an actual um, uh, pandemic where we need a vi- uh, a vaccine because ain't nobody gonna take that motherfucker. Um, nope. <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean they're, they've got themselves now so I, I think um you know by 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 being as bad as they have been um and and, and for it to be exposed the way it's being exposed um it's going to be a hell of a lot harder uh the next time and and quite frankly to answer one of your questions you know you were wondering if, if the if the um you know pe- the the generational people in charge are willing to burn it all to ground I think it is. I think they are. But thankfully, Nancy Pelosi's 80. Mitch McConnell's 80. Uh, Chuck Schumer's old as fuck. Uh, Jerry Nadler, I'm surprised he's still alive. Hopefully, Lindsey Graham doesn't have a whole lot more time left in, uh, in the Senate. Uh, it's going to take a new crop of people to come in, and we just have to hope like hell 
um, that instead of being disenfranchised about, you know, having everything taken away from them for two years during COVID, that it, it makes them decide that they really want people to be truly free. Um, yep. I'm hopeful that that's going to be the case. Tell, um, uh, time will tell for sure, but um, one thing for certain, uh, winter is coming, and um, uh, and I hope everybody is going to be uh, is going to be prepared. Hell, I've started. Um, I've, I mean, obviously, I have a I have a horticulture degree. Uh, I've had a garden every year of my life since I was probably nine years old, maybe eight years old. Um, but it's given me a um, an opportunity to start growing my own vegetables and and uh, doing stuff like that. I. I, I but it's, it's, it's been, I mean, hell, I'm going to get chickens again, Mark. I can't afford eggs. I got to get chickens. <laughs> well, uh, uh, thankfully, but one of my son's buddies, his, uh, his, his family owns a farm and she's, his mom is always saying, Hey, do y'all want some eggs? And I'm like, yes, yes, I'll take them, whatever you want. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to, yeah. to, you, you said it, Dan, the, uh, you know, if you were to tie, 60 years together, the military-industrial complex, which is what JFK wanted to shut down, which was shut down the war in Vietnam, which was what fueled this economy, which is why I believe, and I don't know if you believe this is the reason that they had him killed. As soon as Biden got back into office, what's the first thing that amped back up? Wars. The military-industrial complex yeah. is what feeds the beast in Washington, D.C., so here it is, 60 years later, from JFK to Joe Biden, that war and the military-industrial complex and what is the truly the largest uh, person that is the lobbyist besides, uh, you know, the tobacco lobby in Washington D.C. That's what feeds those people in D.C. So, you know, all, all people, if they watch and see, it's. Jesus, Joe Biden was involved in D.C. politics when Kennedy was killed. That's yeah. the biggest problem. Here's yeah. a guy who's been involved in over 20% of the nation's existence. Joe Biden's been in politics. We need to get those people out of there. We yeah. need to get smart people in there, unlike the Lauren Boberts and the AOCs, who are just a bunch of dipshits. We need to get people who honestly <laughs> want to help the people, let people do what they can do to succeed. But otherwise, you know, it's just going to be the same shit, different year. But I, I, I honestly believe, I believe in the, the good of this country, that there's enough people that will fight for it. And this is, you know, this may, this, this comment may aggravate a lot of people, but I don't care. I, it's one of the reasons, I, I think January 6th was a huge stain on this country. But I also think that January 6th was a bunch of bullshit because, if people truly wanted to overthrow this government and storm Congress, they would have been in there and they would have been in there and then some. And yeah. so, you know, it, it gets pushed a lot further than it really was. Again, shouldn't have happened, didn't need to happen. There's a lot of questions I have about it. But if we honestly wanted to storm our government and take it over, don't ever think that it wouldn't fucking happen. And I'm sorry if well, that upsets people, but it's it's it is what it is. Mark, me and six of my neighbors could have went in there and took that motherfucker over as, 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 as easier than what the, the we we would have done more damage to that thing because 
we'd at least have weapons there. And I'm not suggesting that we should. I think it's a huge embarrassment to the country. I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous that we're walked in there. But when the doors are open and they tell you to walk in. Um, exactly. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, why is but it? Why is it that address? <laughs> nobody's overthrown uh, a government, you know, with uh, with hand warmers and gloves. Because um, uh, nobody had a weapon in there for Christ's sake. Dan, Dan, you and I together, you, you and I alone, have enough weaponry between the two of us <laughs> that we could have been sitting on the on the steps of Congress and had the whole deal. So it yeah, just, this wouldn't have been it, difficult. <laughs> no, it, it it just it's it's that that just people people need to realize that if it if push does come to shove. There's going to be a lot more shoving that happens that people will fight for what they they have and what they believe in. Yeah. Well, I, I'll put it like this. When um, seven months into Joe Biden's uh, presidency, a buddy of mine said, hey, there's never been a president in history with a approval rating this low that hasn't been thrown out of office or started a war. And five months later, we are running a proxy war in Ukraine. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. and, and Blackstone is making money with the, uh, uh, with, with the military, uh, Rayathon and all these guys, and then they're going to rebuild Ukraine. And um, uh, the, the, the swamp politics are at it again, and it's, it's not just Democrats. Uh, it's not just Democrats. It's, it's, a, it's a basket woven uh, pile of shit. And, you know, we killed General Soleimani um, for running proxy wars uh, against U.S. Uh, forces over there. And it's like, that's exactly what we're doing right now. And it's, it's, but, but somehow, um, somehow this is a good, somehow uh, the media. And the Uniparty has has a lot of people thinking that this is a great thing, and it's all going to come crashing down. And and and, and honestly, Mark, at this point, it kind of has to, so we can we can get it rebuilt. And it's dark yep. right now, but that's a good thing. Um, we needed to get we we needed to be uh, midnight so that we can get it up to six a.m. when the sun rises. And I think it's going to happen, but it's going to be dark here. Um, we 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 just. We we just at the bottom. Uh, we're almost to the bottom. The bottom will happen here in the next three or four months, and then we'll we'll see how we climb from here. Well, uh, Mark, um, I am seven minutes away from my house after leaving uh, twelve and a half hours ago uh, from Texas to get to Kentucky. I appreciate your time tonight, and um, thanks for pulling away from the TV and the bourbon long enough to record <laughs> this with me. I appreciate it, bud. Well, the uh, the bourbon has been here the entire time. The TV is right in front of me. And, Dan, it's always darkest before the dawn, and the dawn is coming in a variety of ways, and, and I hope we all uh, we all can see that and we'll keep fighting for it. I'm glad you and your and your buddy made it home safe, and uh, I know uh, you're going to be around the next couple of days. Hopefully we can meet up and uh, have a bourbon in person. Yeah, I, I think I got to go to the U.K. game. Uh, I, I think I got to go to the U.K. game Tuesday. I'm not sure if I should get drunk before, during, or after, or uh, or all three. I, I'm, oh. I'm not I'm not sure how to handle it. I, I tell you what, if you've been you you've been down in Texas, so you haven't been in the 
in the yin-yang of Kentucky, we need to fire Calipari. Oh, wait, he beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Calipari is the greatest thing ever. I go to the same church as Calipari, and I keep wondering, are they going to excommunicate him, or are they going to make him pope? So it's just <laughs> – <laughs> hey, he may be the first. Uh, he may be the first pope to be excommunicated in the same week. Uh, <laughs> that, that's very likely to happen. Jeez. Uh, All right, Mark. You have a good night, buddy. Uh, All right, brother. We'll talk to you. Soon. Take care. Take care, brother.